We're going to conclude our message series on the soul care. And today we're going to talk about the power of the will. Power of the will to make decisions. The sum total of the soul is found in the will. And we're going to talk about what it is to conform my will to the will of God. God wants his ways to be done. And I certainly want my ways to be done. And then my ways clash with his ways. And then I have to learn somehow through a process to say, not my will, thine be done. So this is not one of those pretty messages because the lampstand is beaten into shape. And uh, that's what you're going to find when it comes to your will. It's not something that we readily surrender to God. You know, it's always interesting because we will sing songs like, uh, remember these songs, I surrender all, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I what? You know we don't do that. You know that that's a struggle. Surrender is a struggle. And I think we're better off saying to God, it's a struggle, but I am willing rather than singing songs that you know you're not going to do. So you say, Pastor, that sounds a little crass, but do you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? It's perhaps the greatest example of a person wrestling with the will of God and their personal will. And the Bible says that he prays three times because the Spirit is always willing, but there's an aspect of me that's consistently weak when it comes to God doing what he wants in my life. And it comes to a certain point when he says to God, if it be possible, whatever I'm going to face, let it pass. Think about that prayer. Because that prayer is, it's, it's actually, it challenges everything that he said earlier. He said, my meat is to do the will of God. But there comes a time in your life when you're faced with the possibility that your will has to completely submit to God's will. And then he turns in that very sentence. He says, nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. And by praying that prayer, the narrative continues now because in comes the Romans and we can move to the cross. Surrendering your will is not as easy as singing a song. And I'm going to show you three ways that I believe that our will can be conformed. Remember I told you, that in the holy place of the tabernacle, each of those furnishings point to an aspect of my soul. In the same way that the altar points to my mind and the table points to my heart, there's only one other article there, and that's called the golden lampstand. And that golden lampstand, it sits right at the curtain that leads to the outer court. It sits right there. It's always lighting the holy place. But in my studies, I found out that the lampstand is made out of pure gold. But to get it to that stage, first they've got to refine it. They've got to apply fire to it. And then once they're shaping it, they actually take anvils and they begin to beat the lampstand into shape. And they beat it and they beat it and they beat it until it gets the shape that it needs to be. It's a picture of how God has to really work to get our wills to conform with his. And so today, let me show you, this is my, my, my subject for you. And this is what I'm hoping everyone's going to say, my conformed will. 
after a while of walking with the Lord and attending services and reading the Bible and praying, I'm hoping that my will would be conformed to His. That I would say that it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, not my will. His be done. So let's talk about the process. Here's a scripture that I think should stand out for you. Psalm 40, verses 7 and 8. It's a messianic text. Messiah speaks of himself like this. He says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. But because books were not in that time, that's an English translation. It literally says, Lo, I come in the rolling out of the scroll. And what he's really trying to say is, anywhere you roll out the scroll, there I am. There I am. There I am. But listen to what he says. It's written of me. Well, what's written of me? I delight to do thy will, O God. Paraphrase. I'm happy when I'm doing what God wants me to do. Is that a good paraphrase? I am happy when I'm doing what God wants me to do because his law, his principles, his commandments are within my heart. That's what I believe. I'm happy when I'm doing his will. So then if that's the case, I'm happy, then why don't I do it all the time? And if that's the case, if people are happy doing his will, why is the world in this condition? Because there's one prayer that we pray, thy will be done on as it is in. So why is the world in the condition that it's in if we're happy to do his will and his will is for us to do whatever is being done in heaven? Why are people blowing up schools? Why are people shooting each other in the malls, in the shopping centers? Because we're struggling with our will versus his will. Let's go into this for a moment. I'm going to race because of time. I want to go through. We've done this already, the soul center. So if you don't mind, I'll go through it. I'll just click through it to get to where I want to go. Because you already know this. You've had this in your notes. My mind, my heart, my will. Here's where I want to get to. My will is actually there to help me make decisions. So my will is in the place of volition. I, I decide. I make decisions through my will. I think through my mind. I have appetites and desires through my heart. But I make final decisions through my will. Does that make sense? Because it stands right at the gate that leads to my body. So my body needs instructions. What to do. And my body gets those instructions. What to say where to go from my will. My will then is the sum total of my soul. It's thought about what's in my mind. It's understood what's in my heart. Now it processes all of that through my decision making. So then can I show you something? My decisions display my soul. If you watch the decisions I make, you can find the state of my soul. I think it's interesting that the Bible uses a lampstand because light is a picture of revelation. So what my decisions do is they reveal to you the state of my soul. Whenever you make decisions, 
Don't say someone made me do it. No, that, that's a revelation of the state of your soul, your mind, your heart, and ultimately your decision-making. So let's talk in this area. Let's talk about this. My will is my lamp. So my decisions are, in fact, the things that light my path. My decisions. My decisions. Can I also tell you this? Do not blame others for the decisions you make. Because what you're doing there, even if you feel that you've been tempted to or compelled to, you're actually denying the state of your soul. When really what you should be doing, you should be analyzing your decisions to see whether or not your soul is, can I say it like this? Let's analyze our decisions to see whether or not it is well with my soul. Don't blame anyone for the decisions you make. I won't blame anyone for the decisions I make. Let's go through this now. Watch. My will, according to the scriptures, is the meat or the substance of my decisions. My will. I like what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He says, my meat, the thing that keeps me alive, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. The substance, the meat of my decisions come out of my will. The strength of who I am is in my will. I can will myself not to do certain things and my body has no choice. Or I can yield my will to certain things and allow my body free course. The strength of who you are, brothers and sisters, is found in your will. You have to build that willpower. Isn't that what they teach? Willpower? The strength of who we are, it's in our will. The meat of my decisions. Number two, my will is the lamp of my direction. I will walk in my integrity, so that, that's what the psalmist says. But my will is the lamp of my direction. Every time I make a decision, I'm actually lighting my path. Whatever direction I'm going in, my will lights my direction. Shows me the path that I should take. Then do you understand why we are responsible, every one of us, for the decisions that we make? And we will be held accountable for the decisions that we make. It's kind of like saying when you stand before God, if you believe that you're going to stand before God, as I do, well, I did that, but because Lloyd was bothering me, it's Lloyd's fault. But I made the decision that determined my direction. So whatever direction I'm going in, I'm responsible for that direction if watch this watch this if my life is going up i take responsibility for that are you with me if my life is going down i take responsibility for that because my will is the lamp of my direction here's a good exercise for you if you if you have the time go to the bible and see how many times there's a word like this i will I will, I will. And you'll be surprised how often this comes up. I will bless the Lord. Worship then is a decision, isn't it? I will bless the Lord at all times. That's a decision. Everything comes down to decision making. It's a direction in my life. Number three, watch this. My will is the light of my destiny. You can tell where you're going to end up by watching the decisions you're making. No? 
course. That's why you say to your child, if you keep making those decisions, you're going to go to wherever two is, right? Because you can actually see your end by watching your current decisions. So where you end up is never a surprise to you. If you've been paying attention to your decisions. Watch this. I don't know if you believe in this. I believe some people may end up in hell. But that won't be a surprise. Some people may end up on the other side. That will also not be a surprise. Because what it is, it's the light of your destiny. Every time you make a decision, you're determining your end. You're determining your end. Your destination is determined by your current decisions. Should I repeat that? Your destination is determined by your current decisions. Where you end up, you're actually deciding that today. I've seen this even in practical senses where you make a decision to go to Buffalo. You make that decision before you go to Buffalo, don't you? And then you make a series of decisions that line up with that decision to go to Buffalo. We're going to go on the QE, turn this way, and then we're going to end up. But your decisions determine your destiny. Don't let anyone make decisions for you. Did you hear what I just said? Don't let pastors make decisions for you. Say amen to that. Don't let your friends make decisions for you. Don't allow your circumstances to make decisions for you. Because your decisions determine where you end up. And when you end up there, chances are the people that you allow to make those decisions, they will not be there at that time. Ask some people that are currently in jail right now who are running with people that they thought and they allowed them to make decisions. And when they get caught, you ever seen this situation where you run with a pack of people and people are telling don't run with them and, and, and then all trouble comes and you're the only one that gets arrested? And everyone's gone. They don't come to court with you. They don't come to visit you. But your decisions determine your destiny. I believe that everyone in this room has a great destiny from God. Let me repeat that again. I believe that everyone in this room has a great destiny from God. The steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. Don't let anyone play with your destiny. Don't let anyone play with your direction. Own it and decide, this is where I'm going. This is where I want to end up. Let's move a little further. We're almost home. I told you that your will is, is, is a mediator. So what it is, remember I told you, your mind is the first level of mediator. Remember this? Your mind is taking from your spirit and moving it to your heart first level. Your heart is a second level mediator. It's taking from your mind and it's moving it to your will. Well, guess what? The third level is your will. Your will is taking from your heart and moving it to your body. That's how it works. Each of those levels are taking information, whatever it may be, data from my mind to my heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It is now moving from my heart, my appetites, to my decision-making. Once it goes from my decision-making, it starts showing itself in my body. That's how the soul works. Everyone's a fee It's a feeder system. Everyone says, I, I know my role. My role is to think and pass it over to my heart. 
So then I'm careful of the thoughts that I think because it can impact my heart. My heart says I'm here to desire things, appetites, but I'm going to pull those appetites from what you're thinking. So as a man thinks in his heart, that's why Jesus said this, watch. He says, you don't commit adultery by laying down with a woman. He says, you commit adultery by thinking it in your heart. So my heart's pulling something and my heart has to feed it now somewhere. And all of a sudden, my heart becomes the oil that lights the lamp. And my heart says, you're desiring this, make a decision about it. That's why you've got to guard your appetites. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes all the issues of life. Once it goes from my heart to my will, my will says, I'm going to decide on that. Then my will sends an impulse to my body, says, move now, move in that direction. A decision is made, a direction is determined, a destiny is being forged. Third level mediator. So let's go here, watch. My will is fed from my heart. Can we do this softly, guys? Let's do this for a moment. I just have three things to tell you, then I'm home. Watch. I need everybody to just drop what you're doing, even at home. Take your hands softly, guys, for me. I just need some ambiance. Take your hands and place them first on your head. That's your mind. Everyone in the room, everyone online, this is our prayer. Father, give us a godly mind. We're going to pray the scriptures now. Let this mind, Be in me, Lord, which was also in Christ Jesus. Give me that mind in Jesus' name. Take those same hands. It's just a point of contact. Place it on your heart. It's not the real one. It's just, I just need you to contact with something. Father, create in me a clean heart. Wash my heart. Circumcise my heart. Give me your desires. Give me your appetites. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to show you what to do with the will. Let me show you why these things are important. And interestingly enough, why these things are hard at times. I'm going to show you why these things sometimes, they seem like they're almost like spiritual disciplines. My will executes my soul through my body. I I know that. Thank you, Pastor. But here's what I want. I want my will. To be his will that's that's really what i want i want the decisions that i'm making listen to this watch this i want the decisions that i'm making to be the decisions that he has made i want you to hear that again i want the decisions that i'm making daily to be the decisions that he has made do you follow what i'm trying to say i want my will to be his will Because that's the only, remember what we used to say? The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. That's what I want. And I don't want to fight the decisions, listen, that he has made and then tell him how much I love him. Because the reality is when I fight his decisions, I love me more than I love him. But Christianity is about loving him more than I love this old wretched me. Because he knows what's best for me. Even though my weary eyes cannot see, he knows what's best for me. Here's how this is going to be possible. This may not be exciting, but I promise you it works. This is the goal of God in the life of every Christian. It is to have your will shaped into his will. 
He does not want you to have a stiff neck. A stiff neck means my way, God, or the highway. That's what God calls Israel in the Old Testament. You do not want him to say that about you. He says, they are a stiff-necked people. In other words, they want to go in their direction and nothing will change their mind. But what God wants from us, especially today, because he wants to do some things through you that will change the world. He wants our will shaped. How's, how are we going to do that? Ready? Number one, the pain that we go through, it's actually designed to shape the will. The pain, if you manage it well, it's going to shape your will. That's what pain is actually there for. The crisis, the things you're going through that feel like they're going to destroy you. No, what they're actually doing is they're shaping your will. When I read the gospel according to Luke, I'm sorry, Luke writes about Jesus' encounter in the Garden of Gethsemane. I need you to go there. I think it's Luke 24. And when Luke describes his experience that night, I call it the night of shaping the will. Luke says that he falls on the ground and he begins to pray. But these are the words that Luke uses. Luke says, and he being in an agony begins to pray. And he prays and the disciples are sleeping. And you know the conversation. He asked them to pray with them a little bit. And they're still sleeping. He goes and prays. But when Luke says that he climaxes, Luke says that he was praying so hard that his sweat became, as it were, drops of blood. And then Luke says, and an angel came and strengthened him. And then he was able to say, not my will but thine be done. I'm showing you pain management. The pain that you experience from in different seasons, it's not designed to break you. It's designed to break your will. I need you to know that. How do I know that? Because God will never give you more than you can bear. He's targeting your will with that pain. Don't miss it. Job says, the almighty God troubles me and he's making my heart soft because soft hearts make for malleable wills. That's why he's troubling me. He wants me to line up with his decisions because I'm making Orem too many bad decisions and my destiny is at stake. Pain medication. I thank you for the things that we go through. I'll, I'll come back to that one, Lord, if you don't mind. Number two, praying often conforms the will. That's one of the reasons why, again, when you really go to pray, your mind goes all over the place. You feel like stopping. Depending if it's late at night, you find that you've fallen asleep in prayer because prayer targets the will. And when you pray, and he prayed again, and he prayed again, and he prayed again, because prayer is targeting your will. 
And the more you pray, you then start realizing that your will is conforming to his will. Because the more you stay in prayer, the Holy Spirit begins to take over now and begins to utter things that you don't even understand. The longer you stay in prayer, the more we pray, the more God begins to conform the will. So then here's what I heard. Men ought always to pray and not what? And not faint. Pray then without ceasing, brothers and sisters. It's shaping your will. Can I give you some instructions? When you don't feel like it, pray. When you're concerned about something, pray. When you're not sure about the next move, what should you do? Just pray. When you don't know how it's going to work itself out, just pray. Because what God is doing, he's aligning your will. There's no way that your will and his will can be aligned and it not work out whatever it is. Just keep praying. Pray when you don't feel like it. And lastly, I told you this wasn't going to be very exciting. These are the things that we don't want to do. I would rather eat than fast. Anyone can say amen to that? When I go on three-day fasts, because these are cataclysmic events in my life, I'll brace myself. I said, God, I'm going to do a three-day fast. Now, not 40. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> so, three-day fast, and I said, I'm ready, God. And I will set myself up. I will read my scriptures that get me going. I'll get my thoughts together. Television off. I'm, no, no, nothing. I'm ready. And day one, I go through it. I'm feeling good. Day two, my body starts to shake. You know what I'm talking about? Day two, that night of sleep, I can't sleep. All night, tossing and turning. Guess what I'm thinking about? Food. And when you get to day, day two, anything tastes good in your mouth. You've got to be careful that, you be careful that your saliva What's going on? Everything within you is resisting the shaping of your will. So I made it to day three. Guess what I found out? Not often though, because some days, I'm going to give you a little secret. Some days on day two, I say, God, is it okay if I break today? <laughs> Let me do six to six. <laughs> I'm just telling you what my experience is with the Lord. You don't have to tell me yours. So one day I made it through to the third day. Then I realized that everything that was fighting me, it had become subject. I found that. I realized that day. When I went to pray, I had strength that did not come from something physical. Because I realized that all of a sudden, my will had aligned with his will through fasting. Listen to what David says. When other, everybody's doing their thing, I humbled my soul with prayer and with fasting. Thank you for the smatterings of claps. I appreciate that. I told you it wasn't going to be something that people are going to say amen to. But that's how the soul and the will is brought into conformity. I'm going to manage the pain well. I'm going to pray as often as I can. And every now and then, I'm going to fast to bring my will into alignment with his is what I want to say 
is not my will, God. My will has brought me into some places, my God, that even the power of God has to take days to bring me out of. So I might as well just conform to your will. In your seats, everyone, lift your hands for a moment. I know that I didn't say anything that was incorrect in the presence of God. But it's not what always excites us that shapes the will. I lift my hands because when the pain comes, Father, give me the grace to manage it well. When the dark days come, give me the grace to manage it well. My soul is at stake. When I'm confused, help me to find a place on my knees and to come to you in prayer. And Father, help me to turn over my plate and to eat a different kind of food. To fast until my bones cleave to my flesh knowing that this is shaping my will in Jesus name Amen rise to your feet everyone rise to your feet I hear you Holy Spirit yes no longer I that lives Christ lives I need you to trust me on this one. God's decisions are always better than ours. God's direction outdistances us every time. And God's will is always better than our will. So I close by saying this. I beseech you, brethren, brethren in Ramah and brethren that will listen to this message, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that we might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Hands up, raised before we go. That's what I want, God, your will. I want it to be said of me every day, I delight to do your will tomorrow. Whatever you would have me do, I'm willing to do it in Jesus' name.